listen up, I know you have probably wanted a career that is meaningful, flexible, and pays well for a while now, but you never quite figured out how you could have it. Our Zone of Genius is teaching those looking for a lifestyle change, become paid grant writers so that you can build a life that you love. And in this podcast, we share the real behind the scenes strategies for turning your dreams into reality. And whether you decide to use grant writing as the vehicle for getting there or not, all we care about for you is forward momentum. All right, let's hit it. Hey, hey, it's Meredith Noble. So I had the best conversation with an old time friend about the fear of failure. And I was in the shower and I just can't stop thinking about it. And I thought, all right, I'm just going to jot these ideas down and share them with you because I think the conversation we had, I wish you could have been a fly on that wall because I think it's very relatable for everyone. All right. So first off, let me give you a little bit of background. So this friend of mine, we met through one of the first programs I spent money on, and it was a lot of money. I spent $5,000 to take, to learn how to publish a book. To come and find out that I honestly had gotten like three quarters of the way by myself figuring it out, but still it was, it was a good program. It helped me learn about how you launch books. And in that program, in the community group, I met Jennifer. Jennifer was also writing a book and she had a podcast called Career Foresight. And to this day, it's probably my favorite podcast episode I've ever done with anyone because she asks the best questions. But so that's how our relationship started, right? And we've stayed in touch ever since. So she's really seen me from the very beginning of when I wrote the first edition of my book and the course didn't even exist. Fast forward a couple of years and we were talking about how frustrating it was to feel the pressure that you're supposed to be on Instagram all the time, all these places you're supposed to show up as a business owner being on 24 seven and how that just wasn't feeling aligned for us. And so we were brainstorming this concept. It was her idea, and I loved it, called Beyond the Gram. And it was the idea that, hey, you can build your business without Instagram. We're definitely proof of that. I mean, finally, I did cave, and we have an Instagram account. But now look at the headache we're dealing with. We literally have a hacker that has somehow twice the followers we do. I always figured we were too little for that to be a problem. Oh, but I guess not. So there's that. Anyway, it's a nightmare. Real pain in the butt. But if Instagram deleted tomorrow, I wouldn't be super upset about it at all because we can reach you in other ways that actually feels aligned to me, feels way more authentic. So the same time, let's see. And then it was a whole, I think a whole nother year after that was when we actually started having conversations about what if I acquired her business? Because we need an expert, a career coach in our program that helps those that are looking to land the new job or get the promotion. She's really solid at that. Uh, Jennifer is the person that put together our resume training that's in the bonus section of the course. She's solid. And she decided it wasn't quite the right move for her and totally respected that. Everything goes the way it's meant to go. She was a new mom, had a little one at home, and she was thinking, you know what? I think I actually need to close this business down. And I I want to go get an amazing job in, a, in the tech field and make her pay and just be able to come home and be a present mother. So that's what she did. Totally cool. We stayed in touch through all of this. And then recently we reconnected and she was talking about how she's, she'd kind of reminisce. Like, what if I actually had said yes? Like, where else would, where else would my life be? Where else would things look like if, you know, she was working with us? And I said, no, don't. I mean, I didn't want her to like approach it that way because 
we do the thing that's meant we're meant to do, whether it's saying the yes or saying the no, there is no, really there's no reason to live a life of regret. That said, there's one thing I super regret, which is when I was, I grew up going to Catholic church boy, we had the best priest. He rebuilt this incredible Volkswagen mini like Volkswagen bus, right? And it was in mint condition. And he offered it to me the summer before I went to college for $500. And I said, no, I'm saving for college. I probably had $20,000 in the bank at that point because all I ever did was work and save. I'm telling you, I'm still kicking myself. Oh, okay. But besides that one regret, I don't live with regrets because I consider everything playing out the way it's meant to. And so that leads us to this conversation of So that kind of sets the context. So she's in this place right now where she's like, I'm actually not liking this job. I want to do something else, but I feel scared to start because if I do it again, it needs to succeed. Or my husband says he supports me, but honestly, like how long will he, if I just keep starting and trying and failing, or I have all of these ideas, but I'm not doing anything with them. And that feels like a form of failure feeling like she has this creative dreaming side of her that makes her feel most expansive when she looks back on those moments, but she says it feels blocked and it feels dead right now. And she's been telling herself like, it's okay. It's just not the phase of life I'm in. She's about to have her second kiddo. And so listening to all of this language, I very quickly picked up on what I think is the issue. And it's actually a very common theme that I think many members in the collective deal with. And frankly, if you're just a human, you deal with it because I sure as heck do too. And only recently did my business or like life coach help me see a way through that. And that's this concept of expansion versus contraction. So you all know that, my, or maybe you do if you listen to the past podcast, that the question of my year is, do I feel expansive or contractive right now? And what can I do about it? Okay, so I'm going to give you some examples so you can help kind of feel into that. All right, here's the, here's the biggest one. I want to share just a recent example. So I had this idea, I started actually back in December, because I had this conversation with this woman that is a software developer and connected to grants. And she wanted to, we thought about what if we partnered and put together this new software that's basically would use grant applications. Like we'd aggregate, you know, I'd ask the 500 members in the collective, hey, send in your successful grant narratives. We would build a proprietary model uh, off of ChatGPT that could could help people put together their applications faster. Sounds so fun, right? Like I it just, we had complementary skill sets could have been absolutely amazing. And when it was coming down to the brass tacks of how to negotiate a partnership, I was feeling so expansive about it and her concerns coming back totally fair, but they were really, really thickly laden with fear. Well, what if this doesn't work out? What if I, I lose control of the project? What if, um, what if, what if, what if, wait, it was all of these, these really kind of leading from a place of fear and, and scare that was ultimately the reason I, I had to just call it and say, hey, it's okay. If it's not feeling right and aligned to you, it's cool. Like, I, there's no way at this point in my life I'm learning to force things. If it's not there, it's not there. It's cool. So that led to out on a ski, out where I feel expansive and flow with ideas. This idea, well, I still need to figure out what's going on in this industry because I don't want to get left behind. So 
what if I created a newsletter and I just did a weekly roundup of what's been going on with ChatGPT? How are things emerging for writing professionals? And just really for my own benefit, and maybe I sell it like $20 a month for this newsletter. I'm going to do all the hard work for you of figuring out like what is going on. So you don't have to feel like you're speculating. So I was really excited about that. Got underway with posting a job on Upwork. And that led to actually working with a, a different software developer who said, hey, what if we actually use ChatGPT? We'll build code that scrapes basically Google News for anything that's pertinent. And then it will summarize the notable articles and put that in at least the bones of a newsletter for me. And I'm thinking, sweet, this is actually using AI for the newsletter. How cool. Let's do this. Felt really excited about it. And then it didn't take long before actually I really started to lose some of my momentum, especially when the newsletter came back and it was a freaking disaster, like nowhere near useful. Like, oh my gosh, not pretty. Everyone glorifies AI and it is going to be awesome and we'll live our lives with it and wonder how we did it. But let me tell you, it's not flawless yet. So all of a sudden I realized as I, that was kind of dreading that part of my week, right? I had blocked Wednesdays. Wednesday is my AI day, my creative day. I wasn't really looking forward to it. And I realized it's because I was leading from a place of fear. Like, oh, I don't want to get left behind. I'm too young in my career. What if, if I don't, someone else will. Like it was totally fear, not a place of expansion and ease and excitement that was truly leading the project when I was honest with myself. So I shared that with her and I said, look, and she said, okay, so what did you do about it? And I said, literally this morning, like before we had the call, I uh, messaged my team member that was helping coordinate it and, and told her, kill it, kill the project. If we want to revive it, we can, but it's, it's done right now. Like uh, 3k down the toilet. Right. And she might view that as a failure. And I viewed it as like, that's just part of the process, just how we learn. So I thought, okay, maybe the thing that's happening here is when people are succeeding, all we see visibly is the success, but we don't see the failures. So we're looking at, this was a partnership that, that technically failed an AI newsletter failed, right? I was training for the 50 K this tour of Anchorage, Nordic ski, cross-country ski race, been super pumped. I've always wanted to do the 50 K. I just wasn't ready for it. And it wasn't going to be fun. So I signed up for the short one, the 25 K, right? I mean, it was fine. Um, even like my marriage, I was really squeezing the life out of it because I wanted to do this couples retreat every quarter. It's just something I've, I feel is important and I really wanted to do it, but I needed it to be amazing and it needed to be great the first time. So he would do another one with me and I was just killing it, right? Killing it because I needed it to succeed. And so when you see yourself using that language of, I need this to work, I need to get a client to say yes, because I have my collective membership pays dues coming, right? I need this. I need that. Well, actually, we're kind of tipping the odds out of our favor when we do it. And what instead we ought to consider replacing it with is, hey, what if I made $10,000 next month? What if I just had a bunch of informational interviews, went ham, and I don't expect any outcome to come from that besides just having a really good time doing it. And I'll tell you, that is then when you are going to surprise yourself beyond your wildest dreams. And I'm giving you that story from someone who literally messaged me this morning, who like we had to put a pause on her account because her mom was having health issues. Like all these things were happening that would suggest like high contraction in her life. 
and she turned things around almost immediately. She literally had her first month as a $10,000 month um, because she didn't need it to succeed. She was very open and expansive towards it. And so the way it's been described to me through my mentor, for sure, Victoria Song, she's, you know, you know, you've heard me talk about this book because I love it, Bending Reality. Well, Alex and I are also in her actual coaching program right now. And she talks about it like these three fields. We have the field of predictability, which is the like, okay, if I keep going to my job, I know I should get, you know, I'm going to get paid this much. And I know what is expected of me. And like even things that are happening out in the future, like if it's, if it's in kind of the realm of predictable, like that's where we put it, right? Then we have the field of possibility. So field of possibility is, is a little bit more expansive, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, right? And that's, I don't need this to happen, but it sure be sweet if it did. Like this is kind of a stretch goal, but it's not like out of your, it's not like inconceivable to you, right? Like you could totally see this happening. And then the field of predictability is like, okay, this would be bananas and so awesome. Like, what if we sold everything we owned? Like, this is my what if, I'll just share mine. So what if I've got this dreamy lodge out at McCarthy that's this beautiful Nordic inspired business and it has this uh, eudaimonia machine in it, which is basically, if you read Deep Work by Cal Newport, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it's basically this like building that's set up to do deep work and people come out from far and wide to do amazing deep work projects. Um, and we have a hot tub and I spend all my summers out there with my future kids. Uh, I have a dream house here in Anchorage and it's got a shoots and ladders literally all over the living room and up into the upstairs because like, that's my dream, right? Like, wouldn't that be so cool? Right? So the, the point is, I'm not like, I need to have this house, this like dream house by like within my five-year plan. Like I need it just that I just release any expectations of when that happens someday. Hey, it's possible. Pretty good. I'm going to make it happen at some point, but like no pressure. Right. Versus when we essentially, when I say like, I need to make the certain amount in revenue or I need to make whatever, like that's when we're crushing and killing it. I hope I'm communicating this well. I think Victoria does a better job of it. And honestly, I think I did a better job describing it to Jennifer over the phone, uh, but I'll give you a quick tangible example. Okay. So one of the things I've been struggling with for about two years is feeling like I have my friends and then I've become an entrepreneur and I don't have entrepreneur friends besides Alex. And so we've tried out these different programs and they're fun. And that's how I've made some great contacts, but they're not people I would still invite to my wedding, right? They're people that I pay a lot of money to go meet and see in cool places, right? Like going to Puerto Rico for the Hello 7 conference, or in a month, I'm going to Cancun for the Rainmaker residency, right? Like that's going to be so fun meeting all these other CEOs. And, but I haven't taken that relationship one step further where I can, we could truly call them a friend like I do with the scout Jennifer. And so I share that because I was like, okay, I really want to host a summer camp in Alaska for founders that are at like 500 K in revenue minimum up to like 3 million in revenue. Like who are these people want to get us all together that also love the outdoors and just kind of test run my dream concept of what I could have out in Alaska in the future in McCarthy specifically with this little test run. And so I booked nine cabins for a whole week. And then all of a sudden I stopped doing any outreach on it. And that's a big ask for a lot of people because summer's around the bend. And I was, you know, 
people I was really hoping would come said they couldn't. And so all of a sudden I was just feeling very contractive about it and I didn't want to really work on it. And I realized what is going to help or ask myself, what is going to help me relax on this and feel expansive again and feel like this is just flowing with ease. And I realized it was needing to just reduce the number of lodges I had booked. So I went down to three cabins, like worst case scenario, I've got friends in friends in Anchorage. I can ask, you want to go do a week out and instead of camping, we can stay in this cabin, right? Like it, that is not a hurdle this challenge challenging. Heck, I could even fly my team up for it, right? Like, Hey, we're all going to go out to this really remote place and I've got the cabins already booked, right? Like three cabins all of a sudden was like, this is no big deal. And it's okay if I don't plan this or do anything with this until mid-April, late April, because I'm really, really busy right now. And that was stressing me out. And so I shifted something from being expansive or contractive to expansive. And what do you know? In my Instagram, I end up having these really interesting DMs with these other cool founders, one of which said, hey, actually, I'm not doing an event this year, so I would I'd love to share this with my audience. And it's like, please, please go ahead and do that. Or someone else, nonprofit Jenny, you, you know that we, we love her and she's also a bonus training educator. But we, same thing, like our relationship has been building for years. And, and finally it's at that point where it's like, let's actually make this a real relationship, a friendship that's beyond, um, doing business together. And she invited me to her wedding and she wants to come to Alaska. And I'm like, Hey, this could be your chance. Right. So just figuring that out. So things started coming with ease. That's bottom line. And so if you have the fear of failure, if you have, um, whatever that fear is naming it, because we all have it. And I'll tell you that like, only recently, like this is a six week, four week ago phenomena for me to start recognizing, am I needing something to succeed and squeezing the life out of it? Or am I detaching from the outcome, staying open, making little shifts if I'm feeling contractive about it and just kind of chilling out, which is kind of hard when you're a high, strong, have a high intense nervous system, et cetera. And I know many of us do as grant writers. Uh, so I just want to offer that up, recognize, and is this in the field of predictability and I need to have answers and I need to know how much money I'm going to make if I join the collective and I need this and that, or is it, Hey, I'm actually open to the field of probability. Like, wouldn't it be cool if actually I made 50 K in my first year, hundred K in my first year. And then the field of predict, uh, potentiality, I always goof that one up. Like what's even beyond my wildest dreams that I'm just going to start visualizing on and not attaching a timeline to. Okay, my friends, I hope that that made sense. And if you found these helpful, encourage me to do this more because I've been thinking about a lot of podcast topics, but I never sit down and actually record them. So there you have it. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. See ya. If you're burned out in your career, but know that you can't afford to quit cold turkey, and perhaps you're not even sure if you'll like grant writing, then go to learngrantwriting.org slash podcast to watch a free training on how to build a career in grant writing without any prior experience. Two other resources to check out would be our free grant writing class on the website and picking up a copy of our newest book, How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn. Have any questions? DM us on Instagram at learngrantwriting, or if you're in the collective, you know where to find us. That's it for now. Go forth and build a life you love.